let's try to figure out how is the customer going to be successful? Like what are they trying to get done when they buy this software and let's ensure that they're successful as opposed to let's do a really, really great job selling, you know, million dollar server and like some um, software licenses and then, you know, stitch them up there for three, five years and then they just bought all this like server hardware and, and licenses. They're unlikely to leave, you know, now because I've got to subscribe to it, I'm going to invest in a role to make sure that they're successful um, with that subscription. Welcome to Startup Jobs, a podcast where we explore all the different jobs in a tech startup. What exactly are they and what have we learned from scaling teams from the inside? While most startup content focuses on the founder or investor or specific area like marketing, This show is about accelerating your personal and career growth journey in whatever startup job is best for you. Yeah, exactly, Kai. Like this show is about you. We want you to be the very best that you can be. I was thinking, Kai, we should keep that intro music going a bit longer. Oh, yeah, you like uh, that? For some key episodes. Even the outro. I reckon the outro. You want to keep the outro going for a bit longer, maybe? Keep that outro just serenading the startup jobs uh, (laughs) listeners. Exactly. That's great. Especially, hey, on our, um, especially on our shorter episodes, you want to vibe it out. True. Good to be doing it, Mike. And um, today is going to be another one of our favorite punchy apps. Um, and on a topic which I am particularly passionate about, certainly um, closer to than most, um, we're going to be talking about customer success. Mm. Um, and uh, it's, it's an interesting one. The reason I sort of propose we do this episode today uh, is we've recently had some shifts in how we structure and think about customer success teams here at Zipline. Mm. Um, and I thought, you know, it's probably been on your mind a bit as those changes have rolled out. Um, certainly, it's been interesting for me to observe that. So, yeah, let's 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 talk about this space today. Um, but but for someone who, you know, isn't in startups right now, um, maybe they're, they're hearing these sort of customer success buzzwords and mm. um, wondering what we're talking about. Um, you've got a bit of an interesting tidbit on where customer success, a concept, originated from, don't you? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll start by just saying how much does everyone love a good reorg? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing, <laughs> like, uh, nothing like a reorg to keep, uh, true, true. keep everyone on their toes. I mean, look, I think it's important in a startup just on that point that you want to be mm. constantly tweaking and adjusting what's important for this team and how to structure people and teams relative to what you're seeing in market um, to be able to respond Mm. well to customers, to be able to respond well to products. So in some ways, I think if you're not um, tweaking org, if you're not tweaking teams, if you're not uh, quote unquote, you know, reorging pretty frequently, like every three to six months, um, then you're probably not adapting to the changes in the in, in the real world. And so that's probably just a bit of an important footnote, you know, relative right. to startups. You know, usually reorg is seen as this big scary thing that everyone freaks out about, you know, when you work in larger organizations and it maybe happens every two or three years and it's usually synonymous with um, sort of redundancies and a range of things. And look, some people may be impacted where some roles are less important. Um, you know, certainly for us in this situation, it's just getting a lot clearer about how we um, structure teams relative to what the market needs from us and relative to our goals. Um, redundancies were part of this, but yeah, I just wanted to take a little bit of the um, <laughs> the negativity around the word like reorg. Yes. Like reorging is is almost like, you know, a, a team that's trying to win a championship has to 
adjust. Okay, let's try, you know, playing a little bit more defense here or like let's get this person, you know, playing this position or let's play this move a little bit more frequently. Um, I think that's, you know, that that's what's what's important to, to be able to adapt. So, yeah, just kind of a, a quick uh, in defense of the word reorg. Great, great bit of context, um, and certainly a, an, an organisation that's probably had many um, many good reorgs in their time is uh, is Salesforce, and, and that's where you're going to take us to now, Mike, where where customer success origins uh, live. Yeah, I mean, like customer success is sort of becoming a bit of a uh, a buzz word and a buzz uh, title, just like customer experience has been taken over by. Uh, call centers and contact centers, um, they often like to now call themselves or under the, the customer experience umbrella and sometimes customer experience sits in like digital transformation teams and sometimes it sits in like a range of things. So sometimes these terms do get um, either hijacked or they get used in a range of various contexts. I suppose if we stick to like the purest like quick um, like flyover of the history of, you know, customer success, um, it was really out of the the the, the <laughs> I suppose the the birthplace of of SaaS, so you know software as a service, um, you know which is really pioneered by you know Salesforce, um, and you know Mark Benioff talks about this pretty well in his in his book. I think it's Born in the Cloud or something like that, or um, where you know he quickly realized that okay, like if we're not selling like server licenses for millions of dollars, you know, like Oracle and, and, and these other guys did before. You know, if we're now selling a subscription where someone is going to get this software, you know, by uh, in, in the browser and they're going to pay monthly, then what's going to be more important is not having these big teams of like implementation and um, like salespeople going in to try to sell the next, you know, $3 million worth of software licenses. What's going to be really important that if, if they could leave at any time, um, it, what's critical is that they're using the product and they're getting value from the product um, and we're, you know, tweaking the product relative to, you know, their most important problems. And so that sort of gave birth of this like customer success role, which is like, let's try to figure out how is the customer going to be successful? Like what are they trying to get done when they buy this software? And let's ensure that they're successful as opposed to let's do a really, really great job selling, you know, million dollar server and like some um, software licenses and yeah. then, you know, stitch them up there for three, five years and then they just bought all this like server hardware and, and licenses. They're unlikely to leave. You know, now because I've got to subscribe to it, um, I'm going to invest in a role to make sure that they're successful um, with that subscription. So really, like just to play, play the back, in essence, it's the, the change of frequency on when a customer decides to reinvest in the thing that they've bought. Um, they may have gone from every five years to every month um, or certainly every year. Um, it's yep. that reason why then cust uh, customer success was born and the, the company that sold that sold that software was was taking more responsibility of um, ensuring they didn't just buy it but actually used it. Um, exactly. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so exactly. We've, we've had customer success here at Zipline for, for some time. Mm. We are a SaaS product and we've got, um, you know, a, a variety of customers including a bunch of enterprise uh, customers too. And um, I join our CS team as a quote unquote customer success manager. Um, yeah. And uh, now my role recently is, <laughs> is different. So I'd love to love to hear your version yeah. of events, Mike, on sort of. Yeah, um, well, I mean, uh, effectively today we're killing the customer success uh, name, but the yeah. spirit, uh, the spirit continues. <laughs> and if anything, we're, we're getting clearer about it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I'll just make like an interesting observation 
which is like customer success is now sort of taken over a lot of other industries, just like I mentioned around the the phrase customer experience. And so like I've even noticed like telcos are using the phrase customer success and even like non-tech or non-subscription um, providers. And they're kind of just saying, oh, well, this is just better than a, a low-level account manager and, you know, it sounds a bit fancier and, um, you know, we'll be taken more seriously as like, Think rather than just thinking that it's a salesperson calling, um, you know, to buy more stuff from um, from us, and I think that's also diluted, like just what customer success is trying to get done. So, what we've recently done, um, both through some work with uh, someone that we're working with on the consulting side, but you know, just some analysis that we've done, which is like when you look at the bigger picture of engaging with customers, like it's it's pretty clear, like they just want a handful of things, right? Like one, I want you to know me. Two, I want you to care about me. And then three, I want you to deliver me value. Like it's it's not it's not like that uh, hard, like at, at the highest level. But then when you think of, okay, a customer, certainly in a B2B context, like Acme company, they're not a they're not a person like they're made up of and we talked about this like how to i think there was an episode how to sell to b2b um uh companies like companies are a range of different people and like key personas right and what a cio cares about is different to what the head of hr cares about which is different to um you know what a coo might care about certainly what a cfo now there's they inter intertwine for sure but like a company this whole concept of like know me, care for me, and deliver me value is also going to be a little bit different based on the persona. And so then when we think about, okay, like how do we ensure that our customers across these various key personas, you know, feel like we know them, that we care about them and that we're delivering them value. Um, it sort of required us splitting this customer engagement into two sort of like key areas. So one area um which really is the bread and butter of where I think the birthplace of the customer success um, role started. But right. we're going to be really clear about it and we're going to call it a, a product account manager. And its role is really around getting the most out of the product. So they don't have a sales hat on. This person is dedicated to the customer to go, hey, like you've just signed up and you're, you're paying for this service. We want to make sure that, you know, A, you know how to, uh, get the most usage out of the product. So let's make sure it's like fully, you know, uh, aligned um, and it's activated and it's really getting the outcomes um, that you signed up for. Um, but two, that we actually really understand what are you trying to get done as an organization, these various teams, and have a bit of a, a think through how else could we evolve our product to help solve some of those challenges. And so then what happens is this product account manager role, you know, then plays a really, really empowered and important um, uh, voice of the customer back into our product organization and then partnering with our product organization to work out, you know, what are the most important, um, you know, both features that we could potentially build, you know, experiments that we could run, um, you know, based on how else can we, you know, continue to deliver more value from a product lens perspective. Makes a lot of sense. And um Love what you said there around just like how that product um, sort of real that that product focused person really just cares about um, you know that that product usage what that customer is trying to get done. 
one part of the customer engagement is product focused, uh, which I think is super important. Let's get the most out of the product. Like, let's understand how we can evolve the product for you. I think that's quite separate from an engagement that a customer wants to have with us, which is um, like, what's what's the best commercial setup that we could have with you guys, um, both from a kind of pricing perspective and also, hey, let's zoom out and think about what a great relationship would look like with you, Zipline, you know, with a five-year lens. Like how else could you be helpful and impactful um, for us and our broader um, priorities as an organization, you know, over the next three to five years. And so that requires a far more of a, you know, both a strategic and a commercial lens to that conversation. And that is also, uh, okay, well, let's think about if we added this thing, you know, how much would that like cost? Sure, there's all those kind of commercial pieces, but it's also more deeply understanding what are the biggest challenges on your plate um, as an organization and how could we be supportive and and um, and be relevant, you know, with a five-year plus lens, uh, and then facilitating those conversations, which is quite different to um, then going, okay, how do we, you know, activate and get the most product usage out? And like, so, so I think they're the two, they're the two uh, broad like areas. One is very product usage adoption, and what's the best way to evolve the product. The second one is more of a commercial outcome. One lens I'd love to actually just hear is like how you think about what these folks are measured on. Um, so, mm. you know, what's the sort of commercial or strategic um, kind of focus? How, how are they measured? And then how is the, the sort of product focus measured in terms of um, numbers that they're looking after? The commercial outcome is, you know, ultimately does this organization renew? You know, does this organization over time, if we're delivering value and doing a good job, then, you know, they should be spending more with us. Um, so we're not necessarily right. taking a sales first lens, which is like, hey, let's try just selling more stuff because I've got a target to sell you more stuff. You know, I think the sales will look after themselves if you continue to show up and be relevant to um, an organization and solving, you know, challenges that they care about, then of course they're going to be like, oh yeah, like you've got that widget number two that you just showed us, oh, widget number three. And that's often being fed in by uh, the product organization and that product account manager. Like they're laying the seeds for that, you know, they're, they're, they're finding and discovering that. But they're the, they're the sort of two worlds. So then the product account manager, um, you know, the center of the bullseye is product usage and adoption. Um, and finding you know new areas of product development um, so they don't have a sales lens they don't have a commercial you know focus which makes it really easy to engage customers i remember when i was at you know microsoft you know some of our uh, customers like favorite people to deal with were, were these um, roles called a technical um a technical account manager um and you know, or, or, or sometimes, you know, there are more, more senior versions uh, of those folks where, you know, like th- th- they may have some engineering chops. But like customers love to, to speak with technical and product-minded people because they're just like, hey, kind of <laughs> help me, how, help me, how can I get these like puzzle pieces to fit? Like how else can I, you know, yes. get the most out of this this product that we've invested in? Hey, like what else can this thing do? Um, hey, I've got these other challenges. Could the product do this? And when they're having those types of conversations with someone that they know that doesn't have a sales focus or a, a quota, you know, really allows them to explore that territory of, okay, how can we make these puzzle pieces work? Um, what's ironic is that in that process, you know, it often births a range of like projects or opportunities to, to do more together because, you know, if there's genuine value that can be delivered, but then that then go, that's then a separate conversation about, okay, what's the right way to commercially structure this? You know, what's the right way to kind of build a framework around that? You know, how should we think about this with a five-year lens, et cetera, et cetera. 
That's great. Um, love to round this out, Mike, just with a quick flyover of the, hmm, how do I phrase this, the, the nature of uh, humans that lean towards a PAM versus a SAM, so that product account manager versus strategic account manager. Um, I know this mm. is sort of like relatively new for us, but um, no doubt already sort of quite embedded in your mind how these two roles work. Like what are the sorts of traits of people that make great PAMs versus great great SAMs? Yeah. So I think on the left-hand side, we've got, let's say, a very product-orientated focus um, in in teams and roles. And then on the right hand, we've got a commercial sort of go-to-market, you know, focus. Um and so, you know, on the left-hand side, you know, I see a really good entry point, you know, into an organization like us, um, you know, maybe being in support, right? So, maybe you initially just focus on um, helping customers that, you know, either there's an, there's an error in the product, which happens pretty rarely. Usually, it's a, oh, you don't know how to use that thing, but, you know, every now and then there's going to be a bug. Um, and so, you want people to take that support um, and, 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 and manage those tickets, et cetera. And then I think moving from support, you know, there's then an opportunity to obviously either become more senior there, you know, or, or kind of lead a team, or it's then going into one of these, you know, junior product account manager roles, which then becomes, you know, a, a product account manager role. You know, I think in that product account manager role and, and what lends nicely is, you know, if you're really, if, if you really love tinkering with digital products um, and if you find in your own spare time, you're like, oh, like mucking around with this thing in Airtable or you've got like a, you know, a cranking notion going on or you just, you find yourself drawn to digital products, um, both setting them up, using them, but also thinking about like what actually sits behind this, how is this made or, you know, if you even chat with folks in your family or like people that you know and they talk about a problem that they have in their business and you're like, oh, dude, like you could just like you know, get get a table connected to Stripe, connect it to this thing in like Zapier and then like hook that into, oh, what are you doing? Like, why'd you spend 50 grand with that agency, like building a website? Like, hey, here's this, you know, Webflow thing. And like, we could like, if you find yourself just naturally connecting digital products um, together and wanting to understand how that all works, you know, I think that role is fantastic. You know, this product account manager role is like really, really fantastic for that particularly if you love the customer, you know, and people engagement side around, okay, how do we use digital products to effectively make you and your teams more efficient? Um, and you should be pulling your hair out when you're like, what the heck? Like you go over here and then you like have this spreadsheet and then you like, you call this other person and then you send that email like, oh my God, don't you know there's like a product that can kind of connect those Um and, you know, love really bringing that to life and get a lot of joy and satisfaction out of that. So, I think that's sort of like the yeah. archetype, you know, of the product account manager and, and sort of what could be a good entry point into that. You know, I think from a yeah. kind of career progression perspective at a high level, you know, I think when you, as you progress, you know, from a from a junior product account manager to a, you know, more senior one, you take on larger customers, you take on customers that are not just spending, you know, tens of thousands of dollars with us. You spend, you know, now all of a sudden dealing with very, very tier one household brand names that are customers of ours that are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars with us, right? So then, okay, that's more complex as to, you know, how to activate a product, how to, you know, be relevant in that organization. That's that's pretty tough to do. But then I think, you know, from there, like the the career progressions are pretty exciting. Like you can kind of go over to the actual product organization, you know, like in terms of becoming a product manager. 
you know, a senior product manager, and that's a whole that's a whole thing. You know, or you may find actually like a, a big part of the Pam role, you know, is communicating with customers and making sure that they're aware, you know, how to use it and kind of activating it. So you may actually find that the communication and the engagement is something that you really enjoy. And so that may lead you down the path of product marketing, right? So if you, you know, if you search PMM, you know, Marty Kagan speaks really well about what, you know, modern uh, product marketing is. We can do we can do a whole episode um uh, you know, on, on on product marketing, but product marketing's you know fantastic um, like area that that um, that that folks may be really excited about, which may also go. Do you know what? I should just really like the kind of purest you know marketing side, which may take you more over onto the the right hand side of the column, like go go to market, um, etc. But there's a whole range of things that sit you know within that product organization. That's sort of that's a I suppose gives you a bit of a flavor both for the the Pam role, like what's the right type of yep. you know. Uh, archetype and personality that would suit someone really well and how they would come in um, as a potential career uh, progression and where that could then go to. The way you describe the the traits of a really, really interesting um, fit for, for that Pam role, like I uh, absolutely resonate with that feeling of um, loving to tinker with products and, you know, like mm. there's only the other day um, I'm sort of now stepping into um, some new customer um, relationships which have a different product um, one of our newer products um, quick start and I am now able to jump in there and and sort of learn this new product from scratch and um, that's 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 been really really exciting for me because you know I'm, I'm now working across a few different products and um, able to sort of sink my teeth in and that that tinkering sort of uh, feeling like I, I get that in this role which is um, which is really cool like you know, to, to sort of illustrate that point when these separations of roles came up and sort of, you know, who, who you're sort of leaning towards more, like uh, it was super, super obvious to me straight away that I was I was in that product account manager bucket. Um, so it's interesting coming from that sort of generic CSM role into this. Mm, um, where you're trying to do I, a bit of everything, right? Like the, yeah. the CSM role was trying to do a bit of both. Um, where now you can kind and of go, naturally. I'm just going to focus, I'm just going to focus purely on, on product and product activation. What's really great is like people and organizations really, really, really love uh, engaging with people who are a product expert who can bring it to life relative to their, you know, current business problems. And you'll be surprised at how rare it is for someone to be able to be quite deep um, in their like product, like knowledge and, and capability. And so that's... I think that's going to be something that's be quite unique for us um, also in, in market, just really investing in that because, you know, I think a lot of organizations invest in effectively, you know, folks that um, deliver good customer service. You know, they're a really nice person to engage with. Like I, I won't name particular software vendors that we have, but like there's some folks that we've engaged with, you know, some organizations that we may spend upwards of like 50 grand a year and, they're like, oh, you know, I'm your account manager, I'm your CSM. And then we, we're trying to figure out whether this product has a role for us, you know, in the future. And, that, you know, there's some areas that we're not using or there's some challenges. And, you know, we may jump on a call with them and they're like a really, really nice person. Like, you know, they, 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 they deliver great customer service, right? But we then kind of go, well, can, it, can we do this? Can we do that? Or like, what about this? Or and, and, and also that person that hasn't spent some time to understand like our world to then connect the dots as to, you know, where their product could work. Um, and so I think that's, there's, there's a real both gap and an opportunity um, like for us 
in in terms of investing in like product account management and saying, do you know what? We're going to make a we're going to make an investment in the people that engage with our customers. They're going to be uh, offering a lot of value around the deep product expertise and ensuring that you get the most out of the spend that you're spending with us, um, but also that they're going to be the first point of call to help explore, you know, what is what is the most impactful way that we can evolve this product, you know, which I think, you know, is, is, is really exciting. So that's just to kind of round out the, um, the product side. Yeah, I think on the commercial side, um, you know, this is, this is pretty clear in terms of this is your, your classic um, commercial account manager. Um, and so they don't need to be a product expert in every area. They don't need to, you know, be fully up to date with, you know, how can all the various Lego blocks connect together. They, they need to understand it and be passionate about it at a high level. Um, but they're taking far more of a what's the CFO thinking, what's the COO thinking, what's the CEO thinking at this organization, and how do we structure a really, really great um, long-term like strategic engagement and um, you know, show up in a way that's like commercially relevant. So an example of things that they may really enjoy, you know, they, they may go, do you know what, like just really love skimming through, um, you know, a customer's annual report um, and what's top of mind for them. Um, really, really curious about what's going on at this organization. Uh, what are their biggest challenges right now? They're kind of connecting dots as to, oh, like you have that workforce challenge and you have that, like we can help you you know with that now maybe we can like add this um they're commercially quite savvy you know they can kind of get their head around an agreement that we have they could sort of you know propose um you know ways that could be a win-win they're quite familiar and quite comfortable in chatting about like budgets um with you know an organization and you know how do you guys make decisions because you know every customer um has a has a budget process and a decision making process around you know those budgets and they um, can navigate and and manage those those processes because ultimately they're on the hook to make sure that um, the product account managers focusing on activation um, that they're getting the most value out of the product and they're actually using it then this commercial account manager or what we're going to call a strategic account manager is then you know ensuring that there's no surprises in how your renewals coming up. And we're not in a situation where, you know, the, 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 the organization hasn't had the right hand talk to the left hand. They're like, oh, actually, we didn't like factor this into our budget or what have you. But they should be like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, firmly in our budget. And they're actually, you know, working with them on, you know, broader opportunities. And, you know, I was talking to one CEO um, customer the other week and, and uh, he said, look, I'd, I'd much rather sign a five year plus agreement um, with an organization like you. Uh, than just kind of doing an annual thing, you know, if we can zoom out for a moment and actually have a genuine strategic engagement that you understand where all our biggest challenges are and we can plot out areas of, you know, where you could support us and where you could engage, then he's like, I'll happily sign a five-year agreement. I mean, like, where else do you hear that, right? And so I think, you know, the the, the will and the appetite is there, uh, you know, on the customer side. And so I think, yeah, this this strategic account manager's role really is to have that broader five-year strategic conversation, be able to navigate budgets, be able to navigate um, value um, and sort of stitch all of this together. Could I could I just maybe throw in a um, bit of a semi semi rogue uh, metaphor, um, Love it. and just and just sort of get a sense of whether that um, this is a good description of what you've um, laid out. Um, mm. Folks may have heard of the kind of concept of uh, of the farmer versus the hunter. Yes. Um, yes. And that's that's what comes to mind here, right? Like the traditional yep. salesperson 
the the BDR certainly account executive who is you know is pre customer getting the sell. You know, there's 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 elements of not being a sleazy you know used car salesman there. Of course, you know that's not the right approach, but it is much more about sprint to the finish line, sort of get the sale done. Whereas it feels like this sort of strategic account manager role is very much for the person who likes to sow some seeds, you know, water the garden regularly. Um, any thoughts on on that? Yeah, I mean, in in short, you're spot on. Like if you think about modern sales. Um, the, it really falls in two buckets, like farmer and 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 hunter. Um, and the hunter, you know, that's a that's an exciting but a brutal uh, a role, right? That sort of live by the sword, uh, die by the sword, and ultimately they're there to find and and win new customers, or we would say, you know, new logos. Now that can't be done in a douchey way, and we'll like we'll we'll explore, you know, what modern customer centric sales looks like. Um, but the reality is, um, you know, they're there to you know win win new customers and 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 grow the organization that way um and the the makeup that's required just from a kind of skills competencies um potentially even personality type you know it's going to be quite different mm. to someone who yeah is more on the farmer side who is quite happy to make investments in um engaging with an organization a uh, particular relationship you know, for a long period of time, you know, maybe be, be 18 months, like they've, you know, actually this CEO that I referenced, you know, they're still in a contract with us for another like two and a half years, right? But we're going to like invest in running some like follow-up workshops, like do some like strategic stuff. Um, so I'm not doing that just like so we can get a renewal with them in three months time. Like, we're, we're, you know, they're sort of going to be passionate about investing in, you know, the long term of that relationship, which then means that when renewal comes around, it's a no brainer. Like, you know, I'm not having to do some sort of massive like sales effort <laughs> to go, hey, like, remember us, um, you know, like, let's, let's, let's like, you know, put together a new contract. Um, yeah. So that farmer really is, is tending to that, to that farm to use that analogy. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a, that's a good way of, of thinking about this strategic account manager role. Which, in summary, we're we're taking the whole customer success concept. We're still using some of those core fundamentals, but we're yes. really saying one area is going to be very product focused, uh, and they're going to be like a product manager in a sense, focusing on activation with the customer, um, and 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 product usage, and really being at the very front end of the voice of the customer back into you know our product organization uh, which is really exciting in terms of you know creating and and uh, expanding that product and then the second part is the commercial you know the commercial side so that way the product account manager can say hey i'm not here to like sell you stuff i don't have a you know i don't have a revenue number on my head like i'm solely focused on making sure you know that you sweat the asset that you've already um invested in and that we we think about evolving this in a way that is relevant for you and then the strategic account manager is saying okay like how how can we be relevant for you over the next three to five years like let's zoom out because i'm actually optimizing for having a long-term relationship here um again not to try to just like hit a quick quarterly like a revenue target like i'm i'm zooming out making sure that when renewal comes along it's it's a non-event because you're like hey guys you're one of our best tech partners to to work with of course we would work with you you know so that's that's then the the realm of the strategic account manager magic um and uh, yeah certainly from my side i'm pumped to be able to get deeper on this um product account manager role and uh, i think for folks hopefully this episode has painted a picture of both parts of, um, of of this world now and, and maybe what you lean towards most. Um, Mike, to land the plane, um, mm. if, if folks are resonating with this, any particular favorite resources, individuals that you've loved sort of snacking on when doing some work in this space the last few weeks that uh, folks can go deeper on here? 
So this one's been quite interesting because this is something that we've largely sort of pulled apart ourselves. I mean, we've teased we've teased apart the winning by design content, which I think does a really good job, you know, of the double bow tie. So I think we can probably reference that um, yep. in the show notes. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, we're, we're we're sort of leading a little bit of a charge here, um, just in terms of. I suppose thinking through this, you know, at a at a sort of first principles level as to what what does a customer want from us, and then sort of structuring it. So, ironically, there actually isn't a whole heap of content out there uh, based on this. Like I will say, obviously, everything in that winning by design content does cover these themes, but sometimes they've got one person doing, you know, both areas where I think we're we're sort of clearly seeing our two areas emerge. I think the final thing that I'll I'll sort of mention is yeah, a lot of people early, you know, we see in the the recruitment process let's say in their early 20s are really excited about uh, product management and the idea of you know going into the product organization um and i think this this the way that we structured this provides a super exciting opportunity to join um to join a product focused role that's high customer facing um, as opposed to, you know, you're getting customer feedback in a spreadsheet and then trying to have to interpret that right. and then do like the odd couple of interviews and then like expect to become a great product manager in your like early mid twenties. I think what's really exciting about this and it's particularly us calling it a product account manager role is this is like an outstanding entry point, like into a modern um, product organization and so I think from that perspective, if, if someone's interested in, you know, getting a product role in the future, but maybe can't get a, you know, a role as their first PM or, you know, the associate PM roles out there, you know, aren't a, a modern um, empowered product organization, which we've talked about previously, then yeah, I think this product account manager role is an excellent entry point. Super exciting. Um, and uh, with that, Mike, we'll, uh, we'll leave it for today. But um, Call it a wrap. Yeah. Thanks for your wonderful tips as always. Exciting stuff. Nice one. Thanks, Kai. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Startup Jobs. This episode was made in collaboration with our friends at Early Work Academy, Australia's only tech sales boot camp with a job guarantee. Applications are currently open for the next cohort. All the details are in the show notes. And finally, if something resonated with you in today's episode, we're posting episodes like this every week, including CEO memos straight from Michael. The best way to get those episodes on the day is by hitting the follow button on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time.